0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where we can nerd out about things other than books. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. I'm Susan. So welcome back, you guys. How are you? Good. But Tara's the one Uh,
1: with the big news. um, Yes. So uh, (laughs) I'm married. It finally happened. Yay. Congratulations. Uh, It was so much fun. It was so good. It It was perfect. It was a perfect, perfect day. Um, so, personally, I am super, super good. I'm so happy. Uh, but, yeah. So, that's done. But on a book news, I'm kind of... I'm sad. We're we're losing a lot of great authors this year, guys. You know, yeah, first Terry yeah. Pratchett, who, that was of course, yeah. was very sad for a lot of people. But, like, my Terry Pratchett, like, from my childhood, is definitely, you know, Tanith Lee, who... Um, Some books you might recognize her as from the Unicorn series, Black Unicorn, Red Unicorn, and Gold Unicorn. Those were sort of children's books. She did Silver, Silver Matter Lover. And then my personal favorite is The Biting the Sun, the two novellas that make up that book. Um, I... Guys, like, I love her. (laughs) We read Biting the Sun
0: for ER
1: a while back. um, And I just... I was desperately sad. I've never thought about getting a tattoo before and then I really started looking up quotations and it's like maybe I should <laughs> like just I I adore her. And that was sad book news. But Aww, that's all But sad. happy life news. What about the rest of you?
2: Pretty good. Um just really busy. You know, sick baby equals sick rest of the family. <laughs> of course. And uh some other things that that's going on, but I was able to do some reading, so that's good. I um, <laughs> yeah, finally finished a book that I kind of really didn't enjoy, so
0: yay! Oh! <laughs> how
2: yeah. about you, Jeanette?
0: Um, yeah, same here. Lots of busy stuff. Um, Lots of, uh, a lot of busy stuff at work and still trying to fully get my voice back, so we'll see how that works out, but... You sound yeah.
2: fabulous, anyway, Jeanette. Oh, thank you. You
0: always um. sound fabulous. <laughs> well, let's see. Now, why do I even want my voice back now?
1: Um, <laughs> you but could no, just it. BB it for the rest of your life. You know, I could get, get a record deal. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> I like where this is heading. <laughs> um. But yeah, so wow. no,
2: but I've had a lot of time to read. So oh, good. That's good. That's always yeah. that was always fun times. So, on that note. Um, what are you guys reading now since we're all doing this reading and I don't know Tara if you've done any like tribute readings for Tanith Lee
1: oh no not yet I do plan to go back and reread Silver Metal Lover because it's been a hot minute since I've read it um and a couple of her other more obscure books but actually uh I finished Kushiel's Dart which is the next book in the book club series and went straight to Kushiel's Chosen, and I just finished that. <laughs> so I'm about to finish the trilogy, which is Kushiel's Avatar, and that will be the next thing I read. Nice. How
0: about you, Jeanette? Um, I actually am still reading Kushiel's Start. It's a really long book, so I decided to get a head start on it. So I started, you know, way early. And I'm glad I did. There's a lot to the beginning So I'm only about halfway
1: through that. Yeah, I mean, it's like a thousand pages, so (laughs) (laughs) starting early is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and it's got a slow start, so if readers at home are reading with us, they should um, get an early start on that one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: But yeah, so, and then after that, I don't know. I might go back to that um, Unearthly series with the angels Mm -hmm. I was talking about last time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very cute teen Series like young adult series, so I might go back and see how that turns out.
1: That's good. What um, about you, Susan?
0: Guys, I am getting incredibly
2: intimidated by Kushiel's dart here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you should start. <laughs> but, well, yeah. Speaking Only... of the book
2: I didn't enjoy so much, <laughs> um, oh, no. it was called Among Others by Joel Walton, and the summary is very interesting where this girl is um, into magic and her mom is crazy and she's trying to get away from her mother, but, man, it was really boring. Like, I did not enjoy oh. it. <laughs> um, the most exciting thing happened, like, the last 5% of the book.
1: Oh, you that's, that's, that's yeah. never good. Never. So never. It, that's yeah, <laughs>
2: I kind of struggled through it, which is why it's taking me forever to start Kushiel's Dart because I didn't want to, because uh, Among Others was a library loan.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. So Got to finish those.
2: Exactly. So <laughs> I'm done with Among Others, and so now I'm going to start Kushiel's Dart. Hopefully, hopefully I'll get through
0: it. <laughs> just you, just kind of gotta power through the first. That's what I, I would say two fifty, two hundred <laughs> fifty, three hundred pages. Yep. After that, yeah. it starts getting that's what I less hear. setup and more plot. So Solidly I bought the book third this the book. time,
2: so I don't have to worry about it being a library loan. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. So yeah, well. Um, guys, the exciting news continuing for Ready Player One. Woo! Yes, I think this is like the most excited movie that I'm looking forward to in a long time. Um,
1: well, Steven Spielberg's directing it. It's it it, it, it just, I, it, I've wanted to see. The writing of Ready Player One is so visual, and it's <laughs> so it it, it 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 lends itself so well to the medium. I I actually I actually think Tomorrowland. If you've seen Tomorrowland, I think Tomorrowland's a good precursor to Ready Player One in a lot of ways. I think it's going to be really, it's going to be really good. I'm really, really excited.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen um, Tomorrowland. I am, I do want to see it. I'm curious about it. Um, but I also read that they just finished the screenplay. <gasps> oh, that's excellent. So that's <laughs> an exciting step. <laughs> um, they I, like one of the challenges is, of course, all the licensing that they have to do for the movie. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, so they're saying so much licensing i'm sure the
1: D people are fine <laughs> <laughs> it's i'm the sure other people. Of the coast was like <laughs> you want to use us in a positive way excellent let me give you all the things you need to do best.
0: yeah, yeah now it's there's going just to the Nintendo other 500 references the movie companies and <laughs> and tv shows exactly. oh my gosh yeah, yeah. There's only about 500 other references they need to take care of. It'll mm-hmm. be fine. Well,
1: but... lovingly, I think the big things with the exception of D&D are so old that they probably didn't have a huge to- problem getting the...
2: I hope not. You
1: know, you know and D&D I mean... is the only... Of the, like, things and the challenges, D&D is the only current... Like, that's still happening. Oh, I know? see what
2: you're saying. Yes. um, Yeah, yeah and they had me to think like oh this will be this will bring more money into our company cuz people are going to yeah. want to rewatch or replay or relisten oh, you know to all yeah. this old
0: stuff yeah i will say that after i read the book like the first thing i wanted to do was go back and watch some of those old tv shows mm-hmm. or play those old video games or whatever i i was really really craving 80s after that so hopefully people will think of it that way yeah yeah
1: definitely
2: and most importantly, Dreamcast. Uh, no one's been
1: cast yet. Oh,
0: this is so hard.
1: <laughs> I, I hate waiting for casting. I hate it. Um, don't you guys remember Hunger Games casting? We're like, what's it going to be? Yes. I feel the same way about this book. I'm just like, I just just give it to me. Let me know.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I um, found a couple pe- uh, people, actors, actresses, um, for characters that could work. For example, Artemis could be played by Mae Whitman. Um she's from Parenthood, Avatar the Last Airbender, Scott Pilgrim, um Oh wait. Arrested, wait. Development. She yep, Arrested Scott again. Pilgrim,
1: is she the uh <laughs> She's Roxy, the blonde she's she's the blonde. Yes. The 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 blonde ex girlfriend. Yes. The evil ex. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I do think she's a little tiny now. Uh, seeing pictures like her from that movie, perfect. Her now, she's a little. She got tinier. Am I wrong? There tinier.
2: But she, she's always been tiny.
1: No, I mean like skinnier.
2: Oh, 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 oh. Probably, but
0: I don't know if that'll change anything. And she can play curvy if she needs to. Yeah. Parent, uh, not Parenthood. Arrested Development. She's a little curvier, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, yeah, she can pull it off. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it... I just feel like she's a really, uh, and I, I, I'm, this is my biggest fear for Ready Player One, right? Artemis is described specifically as not just being curvy. She's not, like, curvy. She's a little heavy, and, and she's still attractive to people, you know? She's still, like, it, it's a book where actually it's very, it, it's a very body-positive book, mm-hmm. and I don't want to see that get, like, skinnied out. If that makes any sense, you know I don't want like a skinny actress. I see what being you're Artemis. saying,
2: but because she's still like unusual body type, I don't think it'll be a problem.
1: We'll see. Mm. Yeah. And I we'll think see.
0: since that role does call specifically call for her to be heavy, mm-hmm. any actress would have to gain weight for the role. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, it just it's what the role specifically calls for. Artemis talks about it a lot, like. Okay, I don't look like this. I don't look like this. Right. Right. Um, so, yep. I think that's... Yeah. I think that, and no no matter who does it, they'll, since they'll have to gain weight, it, I think it'll be just important to see somebody who gains weight well.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? I, yeah, and, no, 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 it does. I hope you're right, Jeanette. I really do, because, you know, I think before the DC uh, Justice League cast, or... Batman v Superman, whatever the frack they're calling it. Um, We all said that Wonder Woman would have to be someone who had more muscle, a little bit more bigger, a little bit intimidating. And while Gal Gadot is gorgeous and looks fantastic in the costume, she's still like a tiny girl. Um, And she's, to her credit, she has gone to the gym. You know she's done what she can with her body to make her look as Moyer like as possible, um, and I know she's really, really going for it. And like this is not anything against her at all. I'm sure she's going to be great. But I would have liked to see somebody who is more physically Amazonian. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just and, and so like, the, yeah. I, I just know that Highwood has the tendency to right skinny roles in roles that are specifically not designed that way so we'll see what happens i hope you're right
0: yeah that's why i said you know you need somebody who gains weight well like Mm -hmm. i'm thinking specifically back to when they did um the bridget jones movies yeah Mm -hmm. and renee zellweger had to gain all that weight and she did it you know very well she was able to gain it in time she was able to Mm -hmm. make it look natural right and then she when she had to move on to her next role she was able to lose it yeah
1: right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's possible
0: yeah
2: um, yeah, and the, here's the interesting one. Who would we want to play, H?
1: Well, you need two actors Online for H. I know. real life
2: H. <laughs> um, you did and mentioned Tara Amber Riley, which I think would be really interesting. I, I
1: think really Amber like Riley's her. young enough mm-hmm. and really likable. And, yep. you know, she would just have to play someone a little bit more. She usually plays very feminine roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'd have to, like, you know, toughen up a bit. Um, but I think she would be great. Great, 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 great. Yeah, no, and I, I love her. I, I agree. Like, I just really love her. <laughs> I, think,
0: I think that's a great choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh,
1: Colton, for male, though. Yeah.
0: Colton Haynes.
1: Colton Haynes. <laughs> the Roy Harper of my heart. Okay. The archer who slew me. Slash teen wolf person who slew me. Anyway, I obviously love. <laughs> show's meant for teenagers. Um, I think he's great. You see his cheekbones? Y'all know my thing about cheekbones. He does I have think, the look. Yeah. Right? He does. He looks like he'd just be like, yo, bro. In that way H is. Which Yeah Yeah. I think th- yeah. I
0: think it'll it, suit him really well. Yeah. It and is. H kind of represents what I'm really looking forward to about this movie, which mm-hmm. is how they're going to divide the Oasis world from the reality world. And mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. seeing the avatars versus the People?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Um, guys, Sorrento, though. Sorrento. Yeah. The evil, evil guy. I
2: saw Chris Pine, because I couldn't think of anybody for Sorrento. I'm like, Chris Pine could do it. I can see that. I just don't want those baby blues
0: to
1: be evil. Like, let's be real. I have a hard
0: time seeing Chris Pine as, like... Evil, right? uh, Well, not just evil. I mean, I bet he could play evil, Mm -hmm. but it's the way... Sorrento is evil. It's very <gasps> snaky to me,
1: guys. I think. He what about Zachary something. Quinto? I'm pulling from another Star Trek person. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Clearly, Ooh, what yeah, about no, like, What about totally. Zachary like, Quinto? Yes, with those eyebrows. Yes, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and c- the enigmatic smile. Uh huh. Yep. I Sne- love Quinto. Yep. He could be sneaky. Totally see that too. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
0: I I can see it. It would make me sad to see him sneaky, but he does see. Did you watch Heroes though? Yes. I mean,
1: Heroes. He's like a crazy evil. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: he was insane.
1: (laughs) He was. This is totally different evil. This is like corporate evil. Yes. In Heroes, he was insane. Yes.
2: And then I think the consensus for Ogden Morrow was Jeff Bridges. Everywhere I see, everybody is saying Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I think that's a good choice.
1: You know, I I hope he says yes. I really want Richard Gere. That sounds crazy, what? but I just thought he would be like... I know, I know, guys. Hear me <laughs> out. <laughs> I just think he'd make a really interesting, like, enigmatic... Like, think about him DJing. You know what I mean? I just think he would be really... I feel like Jeff Bridges always plays this role. Like, I've seen Jeff Bridges ogged in already. I mean, I feel I mean... that... I mean, Tron, Right. Jeff Bridges was in Tron, right? I'm yeah. so not. Thinking yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm like right. Um, so I've already seen him in this role. I don't need to see Tron again. But I think I the
0: w- problem with an actor like Richard Gere, like Richard Gere, does a lot of like dramatic roles or romantic roles. I think if you had to have him, like, you know, showing up in like. A DJ booth and you know playing video games online and stuff like that and I think he would he might it might end up too like campy yeah I don't
2: I don't know personally I don't, I don't like Richard Gear so I think he's boring so
0: <gasps> oh I don't think he's blasphem yeah Blaspheme. I am I am
2: not a Richard Gear fan
0: he's so gorgeous <laughs> I think he does what he does really really well I just. Think that he does what he does because when he does comedic roles, I don't think they come up as genuine unless mm-hmm. he's playing the straight man, right?
1: All right, well then, if not Richard Gere, I mean, it could be somebody else. Bridges. I just don't
0: want Richard Gere. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Susan's uh, voting thumbs down.
2: for yeah, totally Richard Gere. thumbs down. I'm sorry. He, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man, you know, but. Please don't boycott our podcast, Richard Gere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Richard Gere, I still love you. I still sure love you. you're perfectly
2: nice, but as an actor, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on to Shoto and Daito, like, I had no clue.
1: Godfrey Gao, but that's just because I love Godfrey Gao. I Who? literally watched Godfrey Gao paint a wall. So, <laughs> which would um, make obviously... him a great
0: choice for Daito but obviously, Shoto's Daito. a little younger no no
1: no <laughs> he could not play Shoto plus like Daito's supposed to be taller Godfrey Gao is tall um, no not for obviously for Daito um, but he's so beautiful <laughs> um. <laughs> um, I don't know for Shoto I really I really don't I don't know young actors, like that young. That, that's no. my problem, is that, that's
0: my problem with casting Parzival as well. Well, yeah. like,
1: Shoto's even younger. He's supposed to be, like, middle school. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Legitimately He's young. a little
0: younger than Parzival, mm-hmm. and Parzival's young. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Parzival's, Parzival's a senior in high school. Yeah.
2: Like, he, he graduated during the book, yeah. so. He,
0: he turns 18 in mm-hmm. the book. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and they always age up. They do. But they do. I still don't know <laughs> who would
0: play Parzival either. But the high yeah. school is an important part of the um, plot line, so they can't really age up the character, just the actor.
1: So, guys, hear me out okay. for Parsival. I know we didn't come to like any form of consensus ahead on this, but Robert Sheehan, who played in BBC's Misfits, or um, you might know him if you actually saw it, uh, the Mortal Instruments movie. He was Simon Lewis. Um, he's really like nerdy, cute. But British, so we'd have to hear. But he did a good New York accent in *Mortal Instruments*. Um, I was gonna say Dylan O'Brien, but he's already like the lead in *Maze Runner*, and you can't have two dystopian roles under your belt—sort of not okay.
0: Well, I think you could. You probably yeah. don't want
2: to, you, but you, you just could. oversaturated in the market.
1: Yeah. Um, and then um, the one—neither of you agree with me—but Matthew Lewis. I really think Matthew Lewis would make a good. Percival, because he's nerdy. I know you all think he's like stupid hot and he's good looking, but like he can absolutely do nerd. I'm sure he can do nerd.
2: I have no qualms about him doing nerd. I just think he's too attractive to
0: be Percival. Yeah, I see Percival as yeah, more of like everyday guy and Matthew Lewis has Unfortunately, which sounds weird to say, unfortunately mm-hmm. he's gotten too good looking.
2: Yeah, Kevin <laughs> um, Rolling
0: chided him. On sorry, that. <laughs> Matthew Lewis, you're just too hot to be in my movie. Um, yeah. Yep.
2: Maybe so, we
1: should do a poll for this on our Goodreads page or something. <laughs> just tell us who you think should be Percival, because obviously we don't have. I a mean, I clue. think I agree with
2: you because I didn't see the moral but the guy who played Simon, I think that would work really well because I think a Simon yeah. character will work with a
0: Percival character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, all I know is what I've seen from IMDb, and I think he can, you know, he can be made to look the part.
1: Mm-hmm. Made yeah. to look the part. <laughs> well, <laughs> you
0: know, his IMDb page is, of course, full of pictures of him looking pretty, but oh well, yeah. he can be made to look y Sure. Oh, absolutely.
1: And I think, all right, guys. So- oh, sorry.
0: Oh, as to say, the great thing about like a character, characters like Parsival and Artemis and stuff, is you only need the one actor and you just need to be able to make him or her pretty uh, or like pretty and idealistic for like the virtual world and to look like a normal teenager for the real world. In the real world. That's
1: true. All right, guys, are we ready to actually talk about Ready Player One? (laughs) Wait, mean like talk about books? (laughs) Like the book. I know that's what we're here to do. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Okay. I know we've been talking about a while, but let me give a quick summary Um, In the year 2044, reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts really feels alive is when he's jacked into the virtual utopia known as Oasis. Wade's devoted his life to studying the puzzles hidden within the world's digital confines. Puzzles that are based on the creator's obsession with pop culture of decades past, a.k.a. the 80s, and that promise massive power and fortune to whoever can unlock the Easter egg. But when Wade stumbles upon the first clue and he finds himself besetted by players willing to kill to take the ultimate prize, the race is on. And if Wade's going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world. He's always been desperate to escape. So that's the that's the thing. So what give me a thing that stood out to you in the books, in the book.
0: What didn't stand out to me in the book? Um, I know. (laughs) Hard
1: question.
2: I think the way it was written, it was well written for a book like this, you know, because you see it. I'm, oh, it'll be like fun, but cheesy. But I
1: really like the writing
2: and the dialogue.
1: I think the writing's a good example of a YA book. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's to the point, but it's good visually it moves the plot along really well.
2: Yep. It it's, flows really nicely. Yep.
1: It flows really nice. And especially with the book with this many references, it could have gotten really bogged down, but it sort of just lets you, like, if you don't know it, look it up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't It doesn't go into it too much. Right. Uh, Jeanette, what about you? I think for me,
0: like, what stands out is sort of the joy in it, and that sounds really weird to say, but, like, there's no, a lot it of... it doesn't. There's... Um, and that's what it occurred to me, Tara, when you just said that a book could have like this could have gotten bogged down because it could have it could have just been like name dropping film here and video game there, but instead, what Ernest Klein does here is he writes about these things as if he's talking almost like he's talking to his friends, yeah. and he's writing like, oh yeah, so H and I were playing in you know adventure in our basement and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, there's joy and there's love in just remembering all these things that you loved about the 80s or the right. 70s or 90s or whatever he's referencing.
2: Well, even so. when he was talking about, you know, writing about the real world, it still, you know, it didn't feel like it was jarring, you know? Yeah. Like it was. It, it just kind of faded in and out really well. Like, you mm-hmm. didn't feel like, oh, this is, this is a different you know, different world now.
1: but Or or when it did feel jarring, it was meant to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the Stacks incident, it yes. was meant to feel jarring. Right. Then.
0: Yeah. Um, and even that though was like, there was writing with love in there. Like mm-hmm. he talks about how sad he is because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Right. So I think that's what really stood out to me. When I stopped reading it, I was like, this was fun. I felt like I was like reading something a friend wrote for me. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So this book is legitimately a nerdgasm. You know, a thousand and one references. What is your favorite nerd moment? Not just moment in the book or thing that stood out, but like nerdy reference nerd moment. Just one. Yeah, just one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I got one. Just one.
0: Um, Which kind of encompasses how I felt the entire book. When Wade is like describing all the worlds and stuff and I think he's traveling at the time and he's like talking about like oh well there's like the Hoovian world next to the Inverse and the Whedonverse is next to the D&D world or whatever and he's describing all the things and he's like and there's Discworld next to Ring World, and I'm like
1: I love this
0: like this is what I want I want to be able to like hang left at the Whedonverse and visit the Hoovianverse, and then come back and you know hang with Willow on my way home like this is what I want so yeah that's it
1: <laughs> oh, Sue!
2: Oh gosh, I'm I'm racking my brain. Um, I think it's just—I I know this is cheating, but any time he mentions something that I personally experienced, you know, like oh, perfect example, <laughs> he just in passing mentions the Dragon Riders of pern world, and I'm like, yes, I read those books. Those are awesome. Those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just like nostalgia, you know? Just, yeah just have this like yay, warmness in your heart and it's like yeah i love that stuff and he loved it too
1: <laughs> well probably absolutely no surprise to you of course the D stuff of the course. first <laughs> key going through the module i was like oh, i want to go through a module i want to, like i want to like because i have played D 20 i mean oh my god so many years now um and it's i love it i mean it's just so much fun but like being able to do it in it's not in per- but, you know in person I'm doing quotation marks in the air so you guys know in person would just be so amazing and like oh, and like getting a flaming sword as he's describing he's like can I get these magical items and I'm like I love that feeling when your character gets their first magical item it's such a great feeling of like I'd love to live that <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I definitely and it happened so early on in the book so I'm like this book was meant for me <laughs> <laughs> so great um uh, I mean, we just talked about it, but, uh, I mean, and Jeanette, you're probably the only one who hasn't answered it, but which world would you visit? Uh, like, if you could only pick one.
0: Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: You're like, that's so hard.
0: <laughs> it's so I hard. I don't know. This um. is, like, the time, I, and this is a weird tangent but this is like the time that I took this like what kind of nerd test are you on like BuzzFeed or Zimbio or one of those things (laughs) and basically one question I could not answer and so I was like okay well let me do that question over and over again and every time I changed my answer on that question I came up with a different nerd like a different type of nerd it was like one made me a and one made me a Disney nerd one made me like um a Whedonverse nerd So, and it's basically, that's what you're doing to me right now. It's like, I don't know how to answer this question.
1: No, I I get that. No, it's
0: hard. I'm going to say I would like to visit my own world where I can combine them.
1: Oh, cheater! You have to pay for that. That was more cheating (laughs) than I did. (laughs) That is more cheating than you did.
0: Yeah, but think about it, guys. I'd have all the cool stuff on my world, and then you guys could come visit me, and we could play.
1: I'm shaking my head. You can't see me. But that's what I'm doing. Oh come on, okay. you
0: know you want to come and play on my world. I'll have magic. That that sounds like a sexual thing
1: and I'm going to decline. <laughs> uh, but real question. Let's time. be re- real oh, come on. I wouldn't hit on a
0: I wouldn't hit on a woman a two weeks after her wedding.
1: <laughs> uh, see, you respect marriage. You're gonna wait a month. I was gonna course. say <laughs> <laughs> Okay guys, important real question time. Um The world is interesting and that the people um, the people as they are in their avatars are very much who they are. And then they're very much not sometimes. Uh, What do you think this book is trying to tell us about identity? You know.
2: This is a question that has like sprouted since the dawning of Internet chat. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, and it's just. People want to be anonymous, but they kind of, st- I feel like they still kind of want to be themselves. So they just want to tweak, you know, something that, you know, they might not like about themselves or something they were more of. You know, oh, hey, I'm really super shy in real life, but online I'm like super outgoing and I just say what I want and that type of thing. Um, people like the little bit of anonymity. I don't know if they want like complete anonymity, but.
1: It's funny. Mm-hmm. We grew up in a time period, in sort of the in between time period, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like before. We grew up before Facebook. Our high school universes didn't have Facebook. All of us. No, we um, had beepers. And dating us here, <laughs> that totally we dates did. us. Um, it dates us a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had cell phones at my school. Okay, people. I, I, I also Shh. had
1: cell phones. Sue's a little older. Now okay. I'm older. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> had
0: beepers. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this: I didn't have a cell aim. phone, but. <laughs>
1: We had AIM, right? And the first oh, yeah. blogger sphere, big blog sphere, was Live Journal. Oh, yeah. And Live Journal was very private. And then Facebook happened in college. And people, I remember on LJ being like, do not, do not copy my posts or like link this post to Facebook at all because Facebook is public and Live Journal is private. And there was still this period of time where some things were private and some things were public. But in Oasis, with the exception of being at school, your public face. Is your public, is your avatar. Mm-hmm. And you live this whole world as your avatar, separate from yourself in the real world. But it's so much, at least it's so much a Percival of each and Artemis's life that, you know, is that who they are? Are they their avatar or are they who they are in real life? Do you think that changes based on the character? And do you think that it matters more? that it's an online thing. I mean, given that it's such an immersive world, is it as different for us as it is them? That question makes sense. I
0: mean, I think, um, when I think about um, the identity concepts in this book, it reminds me a little bit about Facebook because it's the way you use it some Facebooks I of my friends, it's like, oh, I'm traveling here, and I just bought this, and I'm having drinks with these people tonight. And I have friends that look like they live like celebrities. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. But then, on the other hand, I have friends who are like, okay, you know, my parents are sick, or, you know, this person, you know, passed away in my life one day. And then the next week they're saying, oh, and by the way, I'm pregnant. Yay. You know, so then you're getting like an accurate picture of their day-to-day life. You know, there's ups, there's downs, there's everything in between. So I think it depends how you use the service and how you use your online identity. But it's something, it is something that you create. And I think you see it from both sides in this book specifically, because you have, characters who have completely created like this totally different life and like H who's doing like video game competitions and who's like this superstar and who is literally a completely different person in real life Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: you have Wade who's like I look the same maybe I'm a little (laughs) taller and you know, when I get pissy in real life, I also get pissy in the Oasis and lock myself up in my fortress of solitude.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. like, That's true. It depends <laughs> how you
2: use it. Right, which is good, leads me to believe, like, some people, I would say normal, average people, they don't want to, like, maybe be a completely different person. They want to look different, but right. they still keep some of the personality in that avatar, you know, no matter how different or how like the avatar looks like in real life.
1: Right. And that, yeah, I think that's true. That brings a a really good point up. Like, so that really fits, I think, for Artemis and uh, Percival, although, like, H still acts the same as who she is, as who he is in the game. But, you know, H is a very unique character. You know, what is the book trying to say around race, gender, sexual orientation? I mean, all of those things. Are, are literally reversed in Oasis to her age. Um, the character obviously feels, or the, Ernest Klein feels, that the default still is, even in 2044, white, straight, male. You know? That's who she chooses to be in order to make her way easier in the world. But knowing age, does that surprise you that the character chooses that route? Um, what do you think that the author's trying to say i don't know that it's a surprise
0: i think h throughout the book is very practical and i think that it comes you know both in her online persona and her personal life i think she's just doing this this is a matter of practicality like, she's like, oh, I need money. So she uses her video game talents to get money. And she's like, okay, I want to find the key. Let me use what I know about my best friend. And then, she, and she apologizes. She's like, um, sorry about that. I did kind of use you in that way. But you would have done the same thing. And Parzival's like, yeah, totally. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, it's not, I don't think it's about deception. I don't think it's mean-spirited. I think it's practicality. I don't think she's necessarily happy about it but she's like this is a means to an end and I think that says a lot when you have to um, I think it says a lot about race and gender in our world that um, it's still such a big deal whether you're just a boy or a girl yeah whether you're white or non-white.
1: What do you think... Uh, because at the end, Parzival still refers to H as he. Right? Yes. Yeah, in the Oasis. Mm-hmm. Is Within. that... Yeah. Is that him... Is that Ernest Klein trying to suggest that H is maybe transgender? I
0: don't Thought. think so. No, I think it's... I think it's about acknowledging... That the person in the Oasis is who H has chosen to be, and H has chosen to be a him in the Oasis. Right. And then outside of the Oasis, I, because outside of the Oasis, H H is still acknowledged as a she. And mm-hmm. I think that if H had been a transgender character, they would have just gone ahead and just made it a he straight through. And I think H would have told Parzival, or Wade, I guess, because they have that conversation <laughs> in, in the real world. I think H would have told Wade <laughs> that she was transgender when she was going through all the rest of the details of her life. I, I don't think that's something she would have hidden, given how close they were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, Artemis. Um, funny enough, Artemis actually does rather look like her avatar, Uh, A lot like Wade. Um, Keeps her body pretty much the same. You know, she's a little bigger, as we've talked about. um, Except for the birthmark on her face. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she seems to have a really... It's really a crux for her in the real life. In in the real world. Um, What is the book trying to say about beauty? That it's
2: still important. (laughs) Um, I mean, the fact that she was so self-conscious and the way she created herself without the birthmark, like, that's what she really wants. She Mm -hmm. doesn't want to have, like, you know, triple-D breasts. She doesn't want to be, like, an hourglass figure. She just wants her birthmark to go away. Yeah. Um, It's a matter of self-esteem, you know? And and like you said, Wade kind of did that, too. He, like, tweaked a little thing here and, you know, Mm -hmm. made himself a little taller. So it just helps boost
1: self-confidence. I think the book has a really good moral here. I think because you know, you meet you're meeting all these people in this fantastical world and then you meet them in person, they look completely different, but no one really cares. Yes. You know, like once they've met you, no one really actually cares what you look like. And I think that, you know, it's really all of our personal anxieties around our own looks that causes all of our angu- anguish around beauty and identity and that once people actually know you it doesn't matter yeah no, you know, people a, either like you or lo- yeah so i actually think that's a really wonderful message mm-hmm. in the books oh, yeah, I, I actually completely agree he
2: met um, h for the first time oh i was
1: like oh my gosh yay <laughs> so tense so tense <laughs> was so it's awesome. like so tense for a second uh-huh. and then he's and then, and then like waits just like Oh, F it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God, you're not an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I was concerned for a second. (laughs) But I I mean, I think you
0: touched on something really important there, Tara, where it's like, it's your personal anxieties. It's your personal self-esteem issues that I think are really... I think that's what um, Ernest Klein is trying to say, is holding people back. Because, you know, a lot of people focus on things like weight and in this mm-hmm. book the entire time they describe artemis as heavy in the oasis out of the oasis they describe her as heavy and the entire time all the guys are like yeah she's hot i know right? <laughs> and, and she's like and at no time even though she's described as a heavy character consistently at no time does she express any discomfort about her weight it's no. the birthmark on her face yeah that's really what is holding her back from being comfortable with herself.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so it's very much a Klein saying, hey, you can look like anything. It's how you feel about yourself that's really important here.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at the Oasis And in the beginning when Parcival's first talking about the Oasis. He's like, all the girls have these model bodies or these big buxom bodies, you know? And so it shows that in the Oasis, how you look is extremely important. But Artemis goes against that, like you said. And
1: and is still crazy popular. Right, exactly. She's being talked up consistently as being not just to wait attractive, but attractive, period, crazy popular. Yeah, attractive to people. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So it is important, unfortunately, but I liked how these characters that we're following kind of go against that.
1: Well, I mean, it's important is how they say it. But at the same time, like, maybe it's important, but people are taking it the wrong way. Mm. You know? Like, like, again, I think it's a lot about force of personality. You know, H is popular because he's a badass <laughs> in the fighting arenas. Um, Percival's sort of like the character that flies under the radar until all of a sudden, you know, he's on the leaderboard. Uh, but...
0: Percival is me playing video games. I'm just going (laughs) to hang out here and, like, battle people in the corner until somebody, like, really bad notices me. (laughs)
1: Um, talking about the quest of the three keys. Um, you know, Wade is required to inhabit a lot of, like, imaginary worlds and movies, video games, simulations. We've talked about this. Um... If you could make anything of virtual reality world and live through it, not in the game not in the book, what would it be, do you think? That wasn't mentioned in the book? That was not mentioned okay. in the book. Ooh. So it doesn't have to be from the eighties. Congrats. I don't think so.
2: Maybe really cool if there was a Final Fantasy World. <gasps> <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> Come
1: because I don't. Have to... Oh my gosh, who would I want to play through as? Mm. Oh, the choices! You could mm-hmm. do all of it. It means the Oasis. Exactly. That's no. the so, like, brilliance.
2: Each, each place in the on the planet will be a different Final Fantasy game, and then you just go
1: there. Yuna. I would want to play through as Yuna. Really? Yuna. I think so. <gasps> She's badass. People give her a bad rep. No, I don't. I don't hate her. She's okay. <laughs> That that was a round she's, <laughs> arousing. Sound she's dribble. okay. <laughs> she's, she's just fine. Yeah, she's um, all
2: right. I, mean, I I I personally like Garnet from Final Fantasy IX. So. Oh, nine. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a choice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, yeah. take it outside,
1: people. Right, yeah, I know, right? I know. Um, all, right, all right, that was that was that was hilarious. This. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Wade describes the 21st century as, and now I'm quoting the book, uh, the dawn of a new era, where most of the human race is now spent their, all of their free time inside a video game. Horrifying as a dystopia? Not horrifying for you? Um, what do you think about this dystopian future? And do you think it could come true?
0: Mm. I'm actually kind of surprised it hasn't
1: happened already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just, we just created Oculus Rift. So the technology is just getting there. Yeah, that's
0: true.
2: I mean, yeah. If you if you get, plug if you listen to Flipping Tables' latest episode, they talk about this huge virtual reality um, game that's being created in Utah that you can like play in and be immersed in. So that's go check out them. They'll be talking I about mean- that extensively.
1: What is it? I mean, there's a lot of MMOs that are extremely like this already, right? Like, yes. Uh, yes. Eve is a Eve is essentially, if y'all have never played Eve, it's a space-based MMO. But it is the it is like the Oasis. There are worlds. People have their own ships. You have guilds. It's it's very much this blueprint. Um, combine that with the VR technology. I mean, have any have either of you ever put on an Oculus Rift? No. No. I, I did at SDCC last year um, where I was a Jaeger pilot and it was amazing. I literally stood up in the chair and turned around and looked up and looked down. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And I went, (laughs) um, it was really cool. I can see that being addicting. You know, it is a completely different feel. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: I think it would be different if I was immersed in it, but I've I've never been an MMO player.
1: Oh, I I avoid MMOs like the plague.
2: Yeah, so out of fear. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: think
0: it's a very dangerous world for me to Um, go near. So I observe from afar.
2: It could, yeah. So I, I never played really any of those, but I feel like if it goes in the direction of the Oasis in real life, where you even work in the oasis yeah like you just you kind of just have to immerse yourself in it but it kind of makes me sad because i like being outdoors you know you can't splash around in water with a thing on your head (laughs) true um what
1: what about like sandbox games susan do you play like skyrim or any of those
2: no not really
1: because those are like (laughs) mmo light right oh no (laughs) definitely with other people
2: i haven't really played any of those like I think the furthest I went with that is Sims, and I didn't even really, like, play that through.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're dangerous sandbox worlds. Yeah. So, I'm very Um, much,
2: you know, RPGs.
1: (laughs) I just, my biggest fear for the dystopian future is how bad the environment gets. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the stacks and, like, how awful the weather is described. Like, whenever you're... Whenever they describe the weather outside in Ready Player One, I'm like, well, no wonder you want to be in the Oasis. It's terrible. Right. Like, it's cold and awful and just gray and sludgy and it with toxins. I mean, it's legitimately dangerous. Um,
0: yeah, that's what terrifies me about something like this. Because it does cause that, like, vicious circle where, okay... So we're doing all of this, so the environment goes to shit. Oh, so the environment goes to shit, so we're going to spend all our time doing this. Right. That's kind of not it, what I want. It mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's really a terrifying thought. And, you know, you've got to think in terms of technology. With technology, there's always that cost that comes with it, mm-hmm. which will make the disparity between people who have and don't have and, you know, thing yeah. gaps... And this is getting kind of, like, heavy here, but, like, gaps between, you know, races, socioeconomic statuses, right. people that, with disabilities, things like that. that's a thing. Like, know? those gaps grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's hard to oh, catch absolutely. up.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you look at any... Essentially, what's happened here is America becomes a third-world country. If you look at any third-world country, the biggest problem is that the 1%... Are stupid rich and don't care about the 60% that are poor (laughs) and it's it it, the widening gap is what happens in this book there's these huge companies and they're doing super well but most people I mean Percival or Wade Wade is described as being lucky to be in a stack Mm -hmm. he's lucky to be there he's lucky to have a house In a pile of trailers. (laughs) That's terrifying.
0: And when people are too far in debt or whatever, they become indentured servants.
1: Which is essentially slavery, because he doesn't expect to ever come out of it.
0: Yeah. Right. But indentured servitude is something that, you know, supposedly our country has pretty much put behind us, what, hundreds of years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, it, this idea resurfaces because there is such an extreme gap in the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that, in Ooh. particular, is terrifying. Yeah, and that, they
2: mentioned some know. of the people, like, want to be there. You know,
0: it's security. They have a
2: place to yeah. stay. Mm-hmm. They have food. You know, they're warm. Their health is taken care of because, of course, they don't want their employees to or servants to get sick and stuff, you know? <laughs> So some people want to stay there. They're not in a rush to get out of there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's awful. So it,
0: it makes me very scared for future, the future and how people who are less able or less advantaged, I mean, the elderly, like, mm. it makes me oh, very yeah. scared for things like that. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, this so is like, obviously, like, an extreme version of our future, but it can totally happen. I feel yeah, like... That, that's. That's
0: the that's the thing, is they say, you know, if you want to know what the future's going to be like, look at the science fiction.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so true. And that's the scary thing. Science fiction is becoming more and more dystopia, much less and less Gene Rodberry and, you know, and outlook po- with positive outlooks and going to the stars. There's much less of that and much more yeah. disaster. And I think that's frightening. You know, we've already, so much of what's in Star Trek you know, has become reality, you know, cell phones, uh, <laughs> tablets, tablets. Yep. all of those things that were just so cool when we were younger, they're real now, yep. you know, we don't have transporters and we can't go to the speed of light, but all of yet. those handheld things yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you look at the sci-fi now, so little of it is positive positive. and true. that's scary to me.
0: Well, let's A think pos- of it this way. So far, Gene Roddenberry has been really, really on. So <laughs> let's hope so that... He's the predictor. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that he's the one who's got it right and everybody else is wrong. I, I like to, it. I would like to think I'm going to do
1: that. <laughs> um, all right, but back to positive things. Wade <laughs> does win the Easter egg Ooh. contest beyond all odds. Yay! Um, you know, that coin, that quarter... Totally worth spending 24 (laughs) hours in an arcade to do. Um,
0: I think it's worth it for the Pac-Man alone, but that's me.
1: (laughs) (coughs) True nerd, ladies and gentlemen. True nerd. Um, What do you think Wade will do with Holiday's Holiday's Fortune? And what would you do with Holiday's Fortune if you had it?
0: Oh, man.
2: It's a lot of money. Um I don't know, pay off my debts first. <laughs> pay off yeah. my family's debts. <laughs> Buy a nice house for them and then a lot of charity work, I guess.
1: Would you try to would you be more like Artemis and try to clean up the world or would you be more like Percival was before he met Artemis and be like I'm gonna create a life pod as <laughs> GTFO because that's obviously what that's we a little have. so much. To do here. <laughs> um I don't
2: know if I would like to think that one person could totally change the world. I think that's too optimistic. But I would definitely try and do my part to help some people's lives a little better. You know?
1: Yeah. That.
0: Um I think I would probably start off the same way, you know, paying off the debt, making sure my family's okay, making sure I have, you know, the library from Beauty and the Beast, and then...
1: <laughs> Again, though, that's like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, this no. Billions <laughs> of <You know>.
0: <laughs> Like I said, this is how I'd start. <laughs> um, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I agree with Susan that to think that, like, one person can change everything isn't optimistic, and more than that, I think it kind of creates a new problem. Because then you've got, like, a hero syndrome, mm. where, pe- where when things go wrong, people will expect you to fix it. Right. And I don't think that's oh. a good solution either. Um, you know, as much fun as it is being Supergirl, I don't want to do that full time. <laughs> um, so I think I would kind of dedicate, you know, my time, my fortune to, like, kind of one thing. Like, probably, knowing me, it probably like helping people with disabilities or helping mm-hmm. minorities. Um, but, you know, I think I would use the rest of my funds because, again, that would still be a drop in the bucket. I think I would probably be pretty generous in, like, people being like, hey, I could really use a million dollars for this issue too. <laughs> I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. That's cool. See my people. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. But I'd probably spend, like, the majority of my, like, my actual time power money, like, trying to do stuff for those less fortunate.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I do think one person could change the world. I think that's actually the only time the world has changed is when one person stands up and other people follow them. So, I mean, if I had the money, I would create a coalition of like-minded individuals, like, obviously get Ogg on board. Because not only does the money come with what happened, but fame. You know, you've got a lot of a lot of media power going down in, 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 once this all happens. I would really try to use that. I'm I'm probably more like Artemis. I'd try to use that it, it, to create a coalition of individuals and companies and try to really create a plan for what's going I mean, obviously, government's broken down. We don't have a good idea of what's going on with the government in the book. They say nobody broken-
0: cares, like nobody even votes. Yeah.
1: Right. So and the corporations kind of rule the roost. So yeah. I would just create a corporate governance system, of some form, um, and really promote that and promote that through Oasis. I mean, you have control over what's going on in Oasis. Um, you know, you you can sort of help promote it even online. I, I would I would try to come up with some sort of plan like that. Justice League it. I would Justice League. Save the World. <laughs>
0: yeah, but the, see, in that sense, that's kind of what I'm saying is like you couldn't do that alone like I mean you could but then you'd be like you'd basically be the queen of the universe but you need other people like what you said is true like one person can change the world when other people follow them I think that's what you need is I think a team of people which is kind of what I was trying to say like you know I focus my efforts on one area but if other people want to take some of my money and do other good things yeah I'm totally down with that please do Here, Tara, take some money. Fix the government. (laughs) Like, you know, have at it.
2: Well, see, that's the thing. Like, this is what I liked about the last gate, the Crystal Gate. Like, you needed three keys. You know, and Wade, smartly. Yes,
1: that was such an amazing moment. (laughs) It was was so good. Hey, you guys all
2: helped me. I'll split my fortune. So basically, now there are you know four people who can now have the power
0: to help the world. You know, not to mention Og, who is right. supporting them all mm-hmm. the time, anyway. Exactly. So. exactly.
1: Talk talking about Og. Why did Og not help before the very very end? Like, how could he just sit there and lit the six or You know, did you ever think that? Like, he did so little until he finally, you know, literally saved their lives. <laughs> but but this little until then. Why do you think that was? Well, I think like... he
0: wanted to wait. I think he wanted to see what would happen. I think he was trying to see. I, it felt very Willy Wonka to me. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to. You guys are clearly like the top contenders. Let's see which one of you is going to make the right choices before I step in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. To me, I was thinking like it's, you know, entering the sweepstakes or whatever, like employees of the company and family members cannot <laughs> participate, <laughs> you know? So, he, but he uh, was asked to, right? But um, I think he, you know, he's like, I really shouldn't because this is like, this is like, you know, a game that I kind of was a part of creating it, mm. and uh, and he's like, and he also kind of wanted to see like how they would do. He didn't just want to help them willy nilly, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I think it's really interesting that like you know the five of them you know they hit the scoreboards and so og starts spying on them so like clearly it's not that he's not interested in helping them it's not that he's not you know convinced that one of them is going to rock this it's mm-hmm. but he waits to see which one of them is going to emerge as the leader and i think that's to me what like tells me more about og it's like he waits and mm-hmm. waits. And he's like, I'm gonna spy on you, and I'm gonna help you out in other ways. Like, I'm gonna invite you to super sweet parties, but <laughs>
2: and I'm I mean, not going mean, to
1: Saving their but life Og is pretty
0: important, and, like, he's probably thinking
2: this is the time to help. <laughs> yeah. But
1: Og has, like, an an amazing map power. He could literally just delete every Sixer account. Right. Yep. He could take all of their inventory. At any time, he could rig the game against this corporation who, I mean, Halliday obviously didn't want to win the game, but he never does that. He never takes them out completely, which, I mean, then there would be no book, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> but why, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I guess like if your job was to steward over the game, that would be my first thing. I'd be like, nope, all your shit's gone. <laughs> yep, still gone. It's just going to keep getting deleted every morning. I don't know it. If you could finish this in 24 hours, I suppose that's fine. Um, I don't know. I guess. But I guess then there'd be no book, so... Well, and, you know,
0: I think, you know, it starts off with, like, the Sixers not knowing anything about anything. It's not until the very end of the book, when things get dire, that you're like, oh, man, the Sixers might actually do this. I mean, before that, they don't know anything, and they can't even find... The first two keys without the assistance of other players, like they have to spy to do it. So I don't think they were in any danger, and I think it was kind of to him. It's kind of like, eh, whatever. I'll let you dream on,
1: right? And then, and then when the third key happens and the crystal gate happens, it's all of a sudden like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, their like, lives were truly in danger. Happening. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I think it was more of like gamer's integrity. He knew that if he did something spectacular to help, you know, the top five along, that they might not feel as accomplished. You know what I mean? Mm, that's true. Yeah. Like when you it, when you beat that awesome of the gamer, yeah, when you beat some. that awesome boss all on your own, you're just like, yes, I did it.
1: <laughs> well, and that is sort of Gunter, uh, mm-hmm. Gunter you know, culture yeah. that you do it on your own. Right. You yeah. do it on your own. That's, that's that part way. of the, part of the thing. So I think um, he was kind of so respecting I, that. I mean, even the help that he does provide,
0: I mean, that's true is he basically says, I'll give you a place to play. Like that's very gamer culture right there. It is, like, it <laughs> is. I'm like, I'm not going to give you the answers. Yep. I will give you a place to play. Yep.
1: I'll give you a spot on my couch at a constant control, but I ain't giving you help. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's
0: um, like, if you want, I'll bring you a beer.
1: So, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask Did you like it?
0: A tough question. Um,
1: (laughs) uh, I don't
2: know. (laughs) I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I did too. I love it I love the book. I love the audiobook. And I hope to love the
0: movie. Yeah. Fingers crossed, guys. Yes. Fingers crossed. You know what we didn't mention? What? And I feel like we really need to. Before we wrap this up, which I know is coming, um, the Will Wheaton audiobook.
1: <laughs> that's because I never listened to it. I know to
0: listen to it. I, I, I really do.
1: Once I start reading, I just want to read it. Like I, just... I know that's
0: why I did not touch the book when I was listening to the audiobook because I was like, no, I'll just blow through it, and then Will Wheaton Enjoy will be lost on me. The Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this I, about it. It's. Um, the parts where you're like reading the like text speak is the very best. And yep. Susan told me that the first time I um she listened to the audiobook. Smiley. But it's so true. <laughs> like the way he reads like smileys and winks and stuff, which I can't do because I don't have my voice, but Susan can do it.
1: Smiley. Like <laughs> that's exactly how he says it. It's great. I just like that he does the audiobook and he's president of Oasis. I know, right? Like, I just think that's great. <laughs> and I love
0: that, there, that he does the audiobook and there's like Star Trek references and mm-hmm. he talks about how much Star Trek means to Anorak or Wade. I don't remember which yeah. one of them is like. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, haha, that's funny. <laughs> it's fantastic. Right, you guess. have
2: to listen to the audiobook. If you're going on a road trip, listen
0: to the audiobook is the perfect I, time. I will say this, though listening to the audiobook, like, there's a lot of explanation and setup in the book, which is, you know, one of Tara's pet peeves. So, yeah, be prepared that you can actually, like, hear the exposition get more exposition-y in yes, an audiobook. that's very true.
1: That That is the problem. It goes slower. Exposition goes slower in audio. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't speed it, read through
0: it. It, yeah.
1: it. it is a bit painful sometimes yeah. for audiobooks.
0: Yeah, um, and this book, it is a little painful in a couple of places, but that could be because I had already read it, and I'm like, I know what that means. Jeez. Yep. Um. <laughs>
1: Move on, uh, Will. <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah. So obviously we loved Ready Player One. Yes. Um, but our next book is coming up, uh, which I'm also very excited about because I've already read through it. Um, and that's kushiel's Dart by Jacqueline Carey. Um and to give you a quick summary, which is actually not quick at all, um, Crucial start takes place in a nation born of angels, which actually takes place on France, which I didn't know. Uh, vast and intricate and surrounded by danger, a woman born to servitude, unknowingly given access to the secrets of the realm. Born with a scarlet mote in her left eye, Fedra no Delaunay is sold into indentured servitude as a child when her bond is purchased by an ignomatic nobleman. She is trained in history, theology, politics, foreign languages, and the art of pleasure. And above all, the ability to observe, remember, and analyze. Exquisite courtesan, talented spy, an unlikely heroine. But when Fedra stumbles upon a plot that threatens her homeland, Terre d'Ange, she has no choice. Fedra Nodolane is a woman who holds the keys to her realm's deadly secrets and whose courage will decide the very future of her world. Um, it's, it's an epic. I mean, it's a thousand pages and it's a fantasy epic and it is what it is. And they compare it to Dune, which if y'all have read Dune, that's a serious, serious, serious. Um, there's three, uh, there's three parts to this, to Kushiel's, to Fedra's trilogy. Yeah. I think they are releasing a fourth part too. Are they? But I know there's three other trilogy, two other trilogies in the same world. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in Donge. and it's it's an interesting I cannot wait to talk about this book the mythology around uh, like this alternate Europe history is really interesting um, so yeah I'm excited about it guys looking mm. forward to it well, hopefully I'll finish it before then
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can do it because I'm we apparently behind <laughs> we believe in you thanks <laughs> All right, folks, so you can look for our show notes on sunriserobot.net, including links to all of the books that we have discussed here today. And if you'd like to find us, you can totally do that. Susan, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Goodreads.
2: I'm under Sue Lyons. I'm Twitter at Ruri That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And Google Plus, Susan
0: Lyons. All right, and Tara?
1: Uh, You can find me at our Goodreads page, of course, always, and also at Twitter at Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N.
0: All right, and I am also on Goodreads. You can find me through the Eclectic Readers Goodreads page or at goodreads.com slash J-M-T Rivera and on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, that's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And if you'd like to support Sunrise Robot, you can go to their Patreon, and we'd all be very grateful for that. Um, I guess that's it, guys. So let's shelve this until next month.
1: All right. All right.
0: See you next month, guys. See you then. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.